0: Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by Parent Sense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host Meg Forer is a well-known OT infant specialist and the author of eight parenting books. Each week we're going to spend time with new mums and dads just like you to chat about the week's wins, the challenges and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Meg Fora, your host. It is my delight to travel with you each week as you raise and nurture your little ones. And each week I'm joined by a mum, and we kind of travel through her journey as she goes through each week with, with sleep and feeding and development stimulation. We look at the highs and lows of parenthood and it's a really, really exciting journey and keeps it real for me. It keeps me on top of what actually happens at every single age band. And very often we have Cassidy join us with her little Max and we've actually tracked Max all the way from birth. So if you guys have not heard Max's birth story, you have got to go back to the first episode. I think it was podcast. I think it was podcast two, in fact, where Cass and I met and started to talk about Max's journey. He's 20 weeks old now. So that was 20 weeks ago. Mm. It's hard to imagine that he has, you know, that, that this little life that actually was hanging in on hooks and that really we didn't know whether or not he was going to be okay is this absolutely robust and thriving little boy. And if you followed our journey with Cass, you'll know that some weeks we've had challenges with how he's feeding, we've had challenges with weight gain, we've had challenges with sleep deprivation. It's all the classic baby stuff that every single one of us go through. And so this week we're joined by Cass again, and she's going to be talking about her journey with a 20-week-old. So welcome back, Cass. Thank you. It's funny hearing you say, because I can imagine if you've never seen Matt.
2: you picture quite a frail little boy with that description he is not not at all He, he is robust looking
1: He's very robust and it's incredible how you can go from being (laughs) literally potentially at death's door. And luckily it was very short-lived. It was only a week before they got on top of what was going on. And he is, as you say, he's absolutely thriving and a gorgeous boy. Mm, No, he is.
2: But yeah, I think we mentioned last week, the cliffhanger for last week was the fact that we were going away. So we're currently in England. It's Uh the first time Max has been out of, well, he's gone between our house and my parents' house. So he has had more than one bedroom in his life, Mm. but he, yeah, he, this is the first time he's been away. So we've traveled on a ferry. We've been out to a pub for dinner at night, which he's never done before.
1: And how did that go? I mean, that's, he's, he's had a fairly good bedtime, bath time routine literally from day one. And so Mm. taking him to a pub, how did that work out for you? So, so, well, I'll I'll actually
2: start from the fact because there were two nights in a row so the first day we were getting the ferry over and the original plan we were getting the long ferry which basically means he we would have got on the ferry after he'd had a bed and bath routine at home and then we'd put him in a cot and it's overnight so he would have basically not really have noticed that he was missing bed and bath routine and all of that but they unfortunately cancelled our ferry 24 hours before and we were put on to a different ferry which meant we were on the ferry during bed and bath routine and it's a four-hour journey and initially I actually felt quite anxious I thought oh my god this isn't the plan this is not working out or no but you know there's nothing you can do about it so you just say okay well we'll we'll do what we can he was the model baby on the ferry (laughs) I think other people were looking at us thinking Wow, that baby. <laughs> <laughs> Even I was looking at Max thinking, keep this up, buddy. You yeah, look great. <laughs> that's he... Cooed, looking out the window, loved it. And he woke up as we were boarding, so he fell asleep on the way to the um, to the ferry. And woke up as we were boarding, looked around out the window. Then we fed him; he fed really well. Then while we were burping him, who was flirting with the guy in the seat behind, (laughs) laughing and joking, and then he started getting to sleep time. And I said to Alex, "Okay, you know." Let's put him in the pram and try and get him to sleep. He was laughing, smiling. Alex said, there's no way he's going to sleep. So he put him in the pram and he sat there laughing and smiling for a while. And then suddenly movement stopped and he put himself to sleep and slept for the whole journey.
1: (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's it's interesting. And I think I once said it to you right at the beginning when we were talking about bedtime routines, he was very, very little. And you were talking about, you know, when do we start a bedtime, bath time routine? And I said to you, you need to start it as soon as possible. And one of the things with early parenting is that things can be very frustrating because you are kind of bound by times with these babies. Like every night, mm. the whole bath time routine has to happen between 5.30 and seven or whatever it is. And it's, you know, you can't do anything out, You can't, can't get out, you can't do anything. But actually the things that hold you Hostage are the things that set you free. And I've always said that to mom like the things that you, you know, if, if you get routines in place, if you get them to just understand that that's the way something happens, then for that one night that they're out of sync, they're actually kind of just take turn it and it's absolutely fine. So he's proof of that.
2: Yeah. And we did, I mean, I made sure we paid very close attention to awake times that day. Mm-hmm. I made sure he had one long sleep. So we took him out in the pram. So he'd had a good rest in the day. We had his doo-doo blanket with mm-hmm. him. So we gave that to, which he only has when he goes to sleep. So mm-hmm. we gave that to him when we put him in the pram. You know, there were certain things that we tried to keep. Exactly. The as, same. Those associations. Mm-hmm. And so that, really helped we then had to pour little sausage had to wake him up to put him back in the car to drive to the hotel that we were staying at overnight and it I don't know if you've ever been in the sort of car area of a ferry but it is noisy it's Mm. bright you Mm -hmm. know when he's deep in his thinks nighttime sleep so he got a bit antsy on the way to the hotel and I say a bit because considering that interruption and everything he could have screamed the whole way to the hotel Mm. and we went upstairs and again i we didn't bath him but we then did everything after bath bedtime routine so we dressed him Mm. put a sleeping bag on gave him a feed so it was very much okay this is what happens at bedtime usually and i have to say i did look at him thinking you're not going to sleep because he was mm-hmm. wide awake again laughing cooing and I thought you're seeing this as potentially we should be giving you your two hour awake window you've yes, sort of woken yes. up from a nap yes. so I was a bit worried anyway we put him in his cot again sleeping bag doodoo blanket white noise and by the time we'd finished brushing our teeth and got into bed he was asleep
1: that's incredible. Yeah, it it
2: just really highlighted to me the importance of, as exactly as you say, all of those associations and routines that mm-hmm. we'd done for the for the last mm-hmm. eighteen weeks. Because I think mm-hmm. we started about two weeks. Have, have now means that even in the most alien of environments, he's going, okay, I know what I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do. Here. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, a dream. He did wake in the morning in the hotel. At about 5 a.m., absolutely screaming.
1: Yeah. I am. my mouth.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I'll forgive him because he yeah. had been an absolute yeah. dream. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And you know, it's quite interesting. You bring up something and I know that isn't directly pertinent to what you're talking about, but I'd like to talk about travel and time zones because it's one of the questions that parents actually often ask me, like, how do we switch time zones and how do we do travel? And there were a couple of principles in what you said that really do highlight the right way to travel with little ones. So first of all, the day before, so, so in your departure city and then in your arrival city, you fastidiously stick to awake times. And so so that's important. And that is regardless of if you've transferred time zones. So if for instance, Mm. you've transferred and you've ended up arriving somewhere that should be kind of three o'clock in the afternoon for your child, but it's actually seven o'clock in the morning, just switch into awake times for for the day hours. And so that is important, which is exactly what you did. A really good solid sleep, watching awake times very carefully in departure city. And then the following day, wherever you've landed up, you just go straight back into awake times. And that will help parents to actually transfer time zones. And in fact, when my second was only a a little one, we actually took a sabbatical and traveled around the world for three months. And that's literally how we changed our time zones. We just kept our awake times when we got into Mm. the new city for the daylight. That's the first principle which you've highlighted. The second one is that it is really great if you can travel over a sleep time, because in general, most forms of travel, whether it is car, ferry or a plane is white noise. There's so much noise and hum and vibration from the vehicle that you're traveling on that you actually can get them to sleep. But you've got to watch that you don't get them overtired. And, you know, I'm sure all of us have sat on an airplane with a mom or dad who's got a screaming child who's kind of screaming through the night. And usually it's because they're overtired. And if if you're missing those awake times, you've got them overtired. They just then become completely wired and it it becomes a whole lot worse. So the very important thing that you also did was actually then stick to what would be a Kind of a bedtime routine, obviously without the bath and without everything else. And if you've been doing it consistently since they are very little, they actually will fall asleep whether it's on a plane or whether it's you know on a ferry or whatever. But you you do need to make sure they don't get overtired. So yeah, excellent principles. And then the other thing that I love about what you said is that you kind of reenacted almost identically, hopefully as close to possible, what his sleep zone was like at home. So yeah, that was really really perfect. And how has it been now that you've actually arrived at the in-laws? Yes. So well, <laughs> I
2: mean. It's, I am one of these people where I, I, so I suppose I'm a slow to warm up in many ways in terms, because I, if I've got a plan or, you know, a routine, if someone then says, oh, we're going to go and do this. And that changes it. I need about five minutes to work through that in my head. Um, Initially, I'm going, oh my God, (laughs) what? (laughs) And so we arrived and my father-in-law said, so we've booked a table at the pub for 5.30 this evening, dinner. And in my mind, I thought, sorry, what Uh, (laughs) now? But, you know, I then thought, no, I'm one of the reasons we have never done a sort of really strict time routines and you know I know there are routines out there where you Mm. wake your baby if they're still asleep and you stop them feeding or whatever it might be one of the reasons we haven't done that is so that we do have a bit of flexibility in life so I thought okay I don't want to be held hostage Um, and there Mm. are parents all around the world that take their babies to you know, it was early evening. So I just worked it through in my head and I thought, okay. And I did a very quick maths, did some very quick maths on awake times of when we'd need to get him to sleep to try and make this work and sort bedtime Mm out. Anyway... We got to the pub, and as we walked in, there was this mother with a younger baby than Max in the doorway, sort of shushing and jumping up and down, and sort of. And I heard her saying, "You know, it's, it's it's very noisy in there, and there's a lot of lights, and it's really she's not doing okay." And I thought, oh, no, this could be us in half an (laughs) hour. Anyway, he honestly sat in his pram just watching, cuddling his bunny and just sat there until it got to feeding time when I pulled him out of the pram. And we fed him, then he did some smiling and we brought him back home. And I thought, mm. and so we got home at about eight o'clock.
1: Okay, so late for his bedtime and he's way overshot his awake time.
2: He, yeah, by about half an hour, he's overshot yeah, awake time. Okay. He had a power nap in the car oh, on good. the way back. Another
1: great strategy, so Cass. That was, <laughs> yeah.
2: So that was, that helped. And then we did, because it was only eight o'clock and he hadn't had a bath the night before, we did bed and bath routine, yeah. from, but a very quick bath. And he went down, a dream again and I yeah. thought oh my god we are yeah this is <laughs> we're really winning. we're very very lucky <laughs> yeah and he slept till 3 a.m did a feed and then slept till six Aww. not waking at all what a good however <laughs>
1: I, f- I had a feeling there was a however coming. <laughs> it all felt too good for a the moment there. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: So then yesterday I had to drive to visit my sister in Oxford, which was mm. an hour and 40 minutes in the car there. Oh, yeah. Then I had a very quick brunch because I was, again, looking at awake times. and I'd, But again, he overshot his awake time mm. by about half an hour. But he slept all the way there. He slept all the way back. And then we got back here did he gave I gave him one short nap which we had to wake him from mm-hmm. in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then we went to do bed and bath routine at the now normal time for the first time he has to have two nights of mm. not being in the normal routine mm. and did bath was lovely he absolutely loved it then there's a puppy a very cute little puppy here but he saw the puppy on the way from a bath to bedroom, started laughing, thought that was great. So now we are probably slightly more wired than we usually would be after Mm -hmm. a calming bath. So he fed and then he, for the first time in a long time, we had to, he cried when he was put down. And I mean, really, but it was a, a shouting kind of mm. I do not want to be put down right now yes. where's the pub where's the where's the, <laughs> the, fairy, the,
1: puppy, yeah. the- <laughs> yes.
2: so eventually he did go down I really I could you know now you can hear the difference of distressed cry and yes. a bit of a sort of shouty this isn't what I want there were no yeah. tears it was just shouting yes. so I left him a little bit longer and he put himself to sleep But (laughs) at 11 o'clock, Max woke up and screamed for an hour and Uh, we could not get him to Mm. go down i ended up having to hand him to alex because i was feeling so stressed about the fact Mm. even though my in-laws have said you know don't worry about any crying Mm. don't worry if he wakes up i was feeling so stressed about Mm. the fact that he i knew they wouldn't be able to be getting to sleep Mm. with this crying Mm. so i had to hand him to alex and i said i'm not helping the situation because i'm feeling very stressed right now yeah and alex took over and we for the first time in a long time gave him the dummy and he fell asleep I say a long time about a week mm, <laughs> and yeah. he fell asleep and went through till 2.30 we fed him and then he had to be given the dummy again at about 4 and then he woke at 6.30 so last night even though that was the night in the routine was mm. actually I think when we realised the impact yeah. of the disturbance of travel and yeah. being out and things like that
0: This episode is brought to us by parent Sense. The all-in-one baby and parenting app that helps you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your App Store and take the guesswork out of parenting.
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, I think different babies respond differently to being out of sync or out of routine. And you, for instance, your slow to warm up, which you and I are, but Max definitely isn't, they noticed every little difference. And so right on night one, they, he, they wouldn't have settled because things have to be exactly the same in order for mm. them to fall asleep. So your slow to warm up and sensitive little ones tend to be really tricky when you travel. And I'll never forget in my practice many years ago, having a mum who had a very, very sensitive little one that I used to treat. Bye. <laughs> Um, and one day they went on holiday for the first time when, when she was 18 months old. And the mom came back and she just said to me that, that just really wasn't worth it. It was just awful. It wasn't a holiday. It was five days of hell. And we're trying to now resume our old routine kind of five days back and it's just been 10 days of hell altogether, you know? And that that's what holidays can be like for slow to warm up and sensitive babies. And so in some ways, a holiday is easier to just take at home than to actually go traveling with those babies. Your slow Your social butterfly, which is what Max is, are slightly different. They're actually absolutely fine because they like the novelty. They like the the stimulation. So as long as you had them in a good routine, which is what you've done, and you wired his brain for being in a a good routine, they'll be quite easy. But the problem is, and you pointed it out so perfectly, that a a cute puppy after bath, a night in a pub, you know, a a night on the ferry, lots of novelty. And then suddenly when things resume back to normal, it's like, no, 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 hold on. (laughs) There's a world happening out there when you are trying to me into thinking that the world stops at 6 p.m. I now know it doesn't. I know. So, so it's going to take a couple of nights for you to kind of wire him again for thinking that the world stops at 6 p.m. My firstborn was also a social butterfly, uh, still is. And I had to have a very strict routine of him knowing that the whole world ended at 6 p.m. Like bath time was for him in his mind as a little one was like this watershed moment where the whole world stopped and nothing happened thereafter, because I knew that if James knew that there was something fun happening or possibility of some, you know, some sort of party outside of his bedroom or. Cute puppy, there's no chance he would go down. So the the routines are very important. The bedtime routines are very important for our social butterflies. But with that,
2: you know, it's difficult because you do have to have times when. Life happens. Yeah. And so. I I guess really my question is, is that you just have to go with that. I know that probably the next couple of nights are going to be a bit trickier.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it'll be too many nights in Max's case. So I think probably tonight he'll, he'll settle. And by the third night, he would have settled back down completely. So, you know, and I think you and I have spoken about this so many times on this podcast, the flexibility of being a mom and Mm -hmm. kind of mental flexibility. And so the mental flexibility is very, very important, which is exactly what we're talking about. So it certainly is a case of of having mental flexibility and just knowing that actually, you know, things are not always going to be perfect and babies are going to throw you curveballs. And Max has shown us that. I can hear him in the background, Cass, has he come to visit. Yeah. Oh, precious he boy. Yeah, come
2: to visit.
1: Very precious boy. <laughs> he's come to say a little hello. Well, he doesn't often make a feature, a feature appearance doesn't. on his own podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know, so, he's yeah. going to
2: listen to these in years and be like, Mom, <laughs> why <what laughs> did you talk about my poo? <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: so talking about that, how are the nitty going? The feeding and the poo and how's that all going?
2: That's all been absolutely fine. In fact, you know, it's funny you become so obsessed. You don't often celebrate poo, but yesterday when I was about to set off on an hour and 45 minute journey on motorways, I think yes. Alex said to me, he's done a poo in the morning. And I was like,
1: yes. <laughs> that means we'll have a Thank poo-free that. trip. <laughs> oh that's excellent the feeding
2: yesterday was probably a bit fussier he's been feeding really really well and actually so we had a really bad bout of sickness I was talking about being a bit sicky last Mm. week but Mm. it got actually worse
1: he was projectile vomiting almost everything yeah
2: yeah it was really horrid so but when I was sort of ordering things to my in-law's house, things like his formula Mm, and things mm. like that. I, I was, we were on a sort of zooped up. So the brand we use has the basic and then they have the, you know, pro version, Mm. which I'm a marketer's dream. I'd bought the pro version. (laughs) And so when I was researching and realizing the price difference, I thought, let me just see what the actual Mm. difference is here. So I Googled it and there were loads of comments and reviews that came up saying that little ones had had an upset tummy on this formula. So I thought, okay, that's pretty interesting because Max has been not very well. He Mm. was only having two of these formulas at Mm. night. He was on breast milk all the other time, but in the night Mm. he was having this formula. And again, interestingly, at the end of the day, his feeds were a bit better. It was tended to be the mornings that he Mm. was particularly bad and his lunchtime. So I thought, okay, I'm going to stop it and see. Mm. And Within 24 hours, his sickness has almost stopped he terrible. was a little bit sicky yesterday but nothing you know nothing abnormal to nothing yeah. raised to concerns and what i found out was that and i don't know if this is absolutely true but somewhere somebody had written that the pro had egg protein in it and the basic had vegetable protein and well, obviously I obviously that, that would be true
1: I would be well, very interested yeah. to you know that because egg is an allergen that you wouldn't give mm. to a, in a formula to babies. I mean, I mean, you do introduce egg, but you would mm. never put it in a formula because of the risk of allergies. So I, I don't think that's probably true. But I will, I mean, you bring up something that's so important and that is how to pick formulas. There's lots of regulations across the world that prevent healthcare professionals from advocating certain brands. And the reason for that is because we, 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 you know, the World Health Organization wants us to promote breastfeeding. And so promoting any form of formula becomes something that really healthcare professionals don't like to do. And so I certainly am not going to associate my name with any specific brand, but there are principles that are important. And the one is that often when parents go from a milk, a breast milk, Onto the first formula um, type of formula milk, that their thoughts are: I've got to prevent allergies because maybe I, I don't know why we think this, but maybe formulas can cause allergies, and so people often tend to go onto. Try, try to be clever and they go on to one of three things which i know you didn't do but they go into on one of three things either hyperallergenic milk or a goat's milk or a soy milk um, thinking that okay then then we can avoid the whole cow's milk story but in actual fact what we do recommend is that unless your baby has a confirmed cow's milk protein allergy which you would have which you actually can establish when you're breastfeeding so in other words if you had a breastfed baby who absolutely reacts every time you have cow's milk protein it's Highly rare, very very unusual. Those babies then may have a cow's milk protein allergy. But for all other babies, the very first formula they should go onto is the absolutely bog standard, most basic cow's milk formula. That that those that that's really where we should all start, not on the fancy anti reflux or on the fancy, um, you know, kind of amiga enriched or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so many of these very expensive, as you say, souped up formulas. My recommendation is always to default point always to start at the most basic and then most babies 90% of babies will thrive on that anyway and then only move them onto something that's either very fancy or actually specially prepared or non-allergenic if there's an established issue and you know on that something like for instance a lot of moms say well my child is lactose intolerant so I'm going to have them on a goat's milk a goat's milk based, actually any animal milk, whether it's human breast milk or goat's milk or cow's milk, all have lactose because that's the sugar that is in mammal milk. So lactose free formulas, not, not necessarily a good idea. Hypoallergenic formulas, also not a good idea. And having said that, if there are reactions, then my suggestion is never to formula hop, but first to actually seek the advice of, of a professional and they actually guide you through it because we can go into this trap, which I actually did mention last week of this mm-hmm. formula hopping where we go and we start changing, changing, and we don't know what's working. And before we know it, we've got like, gone through 15 different formulas, which is not the idea. So I think the fact that you moved on to a very simple formula has clearly worked for Max and is probably the solution.
2: Well, it was because when we were doing just the one bedtime feed, we were on the basic one and it was only when I switched to nighttime feeds all formula, I thought, okay, we're getting more formula now. I'll get him a better, (laughs) get him a better version of formula and actually it was Mm. not long after that that things started to go and and obviously he progressively got more and more I don't know what it was but it it Mm. was probably maybe too rich for him Mm. I don't know Mm. but he just was having an upset tummy and that has really stopped him he does still sometimes be a little bit but he's consistently doing five to seven ounces a feed so you know that's all we need him to do so that's exactly um, that's his
1: amount that's exactly perfect yeah
2: so yeah it was a really interesting find by accident that 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 was the cause
1: if you enjoy my podcast i would like to share one of my favorite podcasts with you the honest hour christina mazurich is mom to two boys and a third little boy on the way She's an American expat living in Cape Town, South Africa since 2008 and decided to start sharing her experiences in parenting since 2017. Having grown up in a dysfunctional family environment in her own childhood, which led to her adoption at the age of 10, Christina is passionate about finding purpose and presence in parenting, as well as exploring our own opportunity for healing and personal growth as we navigate the world of parenting our own children. Christina believes in ending the trauma cycle and that in parenting our own children we can learn how to reparent ourselves. So pop on over to Christina's podcast The Honest Hour. And actually, I mean it kind of raises another thing that, you know, obviously breast milk is, is fabulous. But having said that, breast even breast milk at six months old doesn't have all the iron that's needed because um, in fact it doesn't have iron. So, you know, formulas can be fortified, but breast milk clearly can't be. But actually, from about this age, now that he's onto solids, your focus can be that milk ticks the basics box. It's like mm-hmm. that underlying platform, whether it's a good cow's milk formula or whether it's express breast milk is the base, but actually. All the enriched stuff now needs to come through solids. And so if you're wanting that little bit of extra amigas or those extra essential fatty acids, you add those into the meals. You make meals that are rich with that. Mm. And what you'll see on the app as you go through it now um, on meal times is that we have fairly rapid introduction of quite nice, varied things. You know, we kind of bring in peanut butter within the first three to four weeks of, of solids. So that's got lovely um, essential fatty acids. It's got super proteins in it. So you can actually start to use solids as the kind of spicing up of life and ticking all of the extra nutritional boxes and just keep your milk as your, like your flat base that you yeah. build
2: on. I wish I'd asked before we started doing formula because you mm. do, it, it if you don't know, you do just look yes. and marketing makes you think, oh yeah. my God, I've got to have the best for my baby. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: You know, and I, look, I yeah. think that's risky.
1: It is. And you know, the principles are that, almost all formulas that are created are created really, really well. I mean, as long mm. as you're going for a reputable brand, there's an enormous amount of research that goes into it. It's very stringent requirements for that, for that formula. So most reputable brands you you are not going to go wrong with, but I do think that the marketing companies have a lot to answer for because they make us feel like, that this particular formula has got more amino acids that is going to improve brain or, you know, and, and it doesn't stop by the way, when you get to 12 months old, they're going to give you also toddler formulas. And actually I don't believe in toddler formulas at all. I think little ones must go into normal cow's milk as long as it's organic with no hormones straight off the shelf in the, in the shops from 12 mm-hmm. months old. There's no reason for them to be on any formula, but these formula companies, unfortunately Hello. make an absolute living fortune. And, and we are, we sold down a river, you know, in terms of the marketing story.
2: I don't think it even stops as an adult. I mean, should I have oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, cow's milk? I don't <laughs> exactly.
1: know. <laughs> exactly. Well, Cass, it's been wonderful chatting. I hope that you have a wonderful holiday with your boy and that you get Thank to do you. some fun things. I think, you know, holiday time is, is always important. I know that you and Max, knowing the two, of you and Alex, knowing the two of you are still working, but yeah, enjoy it any, anyway and enjoy connecting with the family.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, we're moving location again on Thursday. So ah. there might be more stories by next week. <laughs>
1: yes, well, you know, I think flexibility, you're on holiday. So it's, exactly. yeah. if you need to do another pub dinner, you know that he can cope with it. It's definitely not going to change his trajectory in three months time at all. The only reason you'll remember that this happened is because of the podcast. For everything <laughs> else, it'll be a blip in the radar
2: exactly exactly and any any habits that happen while we're here we'll just deal with
0: when we get home
1: yeah well Kat's lovely to chat again and we'll chat again next week thanks so much Meg thanks bye thank
2: you
0: thanks to everyone who joined us we will see you the same time next week until then download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting